Hey everyone, welcome back. Chapter 30, A Chess Lesson. Rainy woke before dawn, shivering and drenched in sweat. For the second night in a row, he had dreamed an awful thing. This time, while his friends cried for help from somewhere far away, so far away they sounded like whining mosquitoes, Rainy had been sitting in the whisperer, incredibly happy and content, grinning in triumph. Why triumph? He tried to remember. He was grinning because, Rainy shuddered, remembering, he had decided to join Mr. Curtin. Rainy rubbed his temples. Just a dream, he told himself, though reality wasn't much better. Nor did reality improve as the day unfolded. Classes, meals, study time, all passed in an unpleasant blur as Rainy struggled to come up with a plan. For the first time since he'd set foot on No Man's Sand Island, he was dreading the meeting of the mysterious Benedict Society that night. He had no idea what to do. The others were looking to him as a leader, and he could only look back at them as a failure. When the lights finally went out and the girls joined them, Rainy was cringing even before Kate asked her question. Okay, Rainy, what's the plan? Rainy shook his head. I don't have one. I'm sorry. I've tried, but my brain just goes round and round. All I can think is that we need to disable the whisperer. But that's a great plan, Kate said excited. How do we do it? That's what I mean, Rainy said with a shrug. I don't see how we can. The computers are below the whispering gallery tucked away beneath two feet of metal and stone. There's no way. Mr. Curtin told you that, Kate pointed out. Are you sure he's telling the truth? You were blindfolded, remember? How do you know the computers aren't sitting out in the open and you just couldn't see them? Rainey was surprised this hadn't occurred to him. It's a good question, he considered a moment. But no, as much as he emphasized security, I'm inclined to think he's telling the truth. Wouldn't you say, Sticky? I'm afraid so, Sticky said. But Mr. Curtin needs some way to get to those computers, Kate pressed. To work on them and modify them and all that, don't you think? Rainy went from being surprised to being mortified. Shouldn't he have thought of this? You're, you're right, Kate. He must have some way of getting to them which means we might be able to get to them too. After all, we know the door codes now. It couldn't hurt to take a peek, said Kate, standing up. And the sooner the better. I'll go by myself. If I get caught, you three might still have a chance to figure something out. Now, just tell me how to get there. I know I need to go through the secret entrance behind the Institute Control Building, but then what? Sticky? Sticky felt a powerful urge to make up a lie, to protect the whisperer. Unbelievable, he thought. He tried again, but again he felt the urge. Only by clenching his fists and speaking through gritted teeth did he manage to tell Kate the truth. It's just down a short passage and then up the tower steps. We need to go with you, though, Rainy said. It's too dangerous alone. Kate waved him off. I'll be fine. It's really a one-girl operation anyway. 
You shouldn't let her go alone, Rainy thought. She ought to have help. But when he opened his mouth to argue, he found nothing would come out. A fog seemed to have rolled into his mind, and on top of that he felt bone-weary. He was tired, very tired of always trying to do the right thing. Kate set her flashlight on the television. You'll need this in case I get caught. If you get caught, Constance began. Don't worry, I won't give up my friends, Kate snapped. Good grief, Constance, it's the last thing I'd do. In a vexed tone, Constance said, I was going to say, if you get caught, don't worry. We'll find some way to save you. They were all moved by this, especially Constance, who'd said it herself. And Kate patted Constance's shoulder. Sorry, Connie girl. Sometimes I forget you're not always a crab. Now, let me take you back to the room. Rainy, Sticky, I'll let you know what I find out. Wish me luck. They wished her luck, and moments later the girls were gone. With hardly a word between them, hardly even a glance, the boys slipped into their beds. They often chatted a minute or two before dropping off to sleep, but now both were afraid of betraying how strongly the whisperer was affecting them. Betray, Rainy thought. It was an ugly word, an awful thought. But as often happens with awful thoughts, he could not stop thinking it. Why hadn't he argued with Kate? He should have insisted he accompany her. Why hadn't he? Was it the broadcast fogging his mind? Or was it that part of him that didn't want to stop Mr. Curtin? Rainey pressed his fists into his eyes. In his mind, he began composing a letter. Miss Perumo, would you ever have thought I might choose a lie for the sake of my own happiness? The whisperer's version of happiness is an illusion. It doesn't take away your fears. It only lies to you about them, makes you temporarily believe you don't have them. And I know it's a lie, but what a powerful one. Maybe I'm not who I always thought myself to be. Maybe I'm the sort of person who will do anything to hear what I want to believe. Rainy was crumbling on the brink of despair. Mr. Benedict had expected him to be a leader to his friends, to be smart enough to devise a plan, to be brave. But he was no kind of leader at all. He knew that now. Certainly not brave. And Mr. Benedict felt very far away indeed. More and more, Mr. Curtin seemed like the real man, and Mr. Benedict like a memory from a dream. And Miss Perumal, the only one, the only person who always treated him kindly, had become an imaginary reader to whom he wrote imaginary letters. What has happened to you, he thought. He'd never expected doing the right thing to be so hard. But it was. Too hard for him, anyway. He was the wrong person for this task, the wrong person in the wrong place. Rainy squeezed his eyes shut, trying not to cry, but that only made him see the whisperer all the more clearly. How was he supposed to resist the whisperer when it was the one thing that offered relief? What he needed was help, some encouragement, some guidance, anything to bolster his resolve. The others all looked to him. Who was he supposed to look to? It had to be Mr. Benedict, Rainy thought. 
If Mr. Benedict couldn't help him, then he was beyond help. Rainy climbed down and went to the window. He gazed out into the dark night. Kate was off somewhere, risking her neck. Sticky was murmuring in his sleep, having troubled dreams. And Constance's dreams could be no less troubled. She had more to worry about than anyone. Rainy would send one message, one message only. He had never been superstitious, but he decided now that if he received no response to help him, he would give up. Just give up and take an easier path. He wouldn't have to try to be some kind of hero, wouldn't have to fail, and soon it would be too late to matter. There would be nothing he could do, no point in trying. It would be out of his hands. Just thinking about it was so enticing, Rainey almost didn't send the message. But then, squeezing his lips tight in determination, he signaled the words before he could change his mind. Whisperer too strong, please advise, R.M. Rainey waited at the window, his heart hammering. He felt his entire future, indeed, his entire character, depended upon the next few moments. Send me something, he thought. Please, just send me, just send me anything. He waited. Minutes crawled by. Why must they take so long? Perhaps they had nothing to offer him. Perhaps they were racking their brains for anything to say other than good luck. Or perhaps they weren't even watching. Perhaps the recruiters had found them. Rainey couldn't know the reason, but the reason hardly mattered. What mattered was the empty night. I can't believe this is it, Rainey thought, with the strangest mixture of despair and relief. But this was it. It was all over. He was just turning from the window when he saw a distant flash, a pinprick of light among the trees on the mainland shore. Someone at last was signaling a response. Rainey heard his pulse pounding in his ears. He held his breath until the message was completed. Remember the white night. Rainey let out his breath, a long, slow release. He didn't have to think very hard to know what Mr. Benedict meant by that. Though it seemed so long ago, he well remembered their conversation about the chess problem. The white knight had made a move, changed his mind, and started over. And do you believe this was a good move? Mr. Benedict had asked. No, sir, Rainey had answered. Why then do you think he made it? And Rainey had replied, perhaps because he doubted himself. Rainey stared out the window for a long time. Then he put down the flashlight and climbed back into bed. His heartbeat had steadied, his shoulders relaxed. In his mind, he took out the letter he had just written to Miss Perumal, crumpled it up, and threw it away. He would write her another.